0: The first and the most important is that first level. That first level. There's no way to even describe the transformation that one experience that you experience from death to life. Amen? From death to life. From hell to heaven. From sinfulness to righteousness. Colossians put it this way. He they said, that giving thanks to the Father. Who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Amen. The Lord would deliver us from the power of darkness. The glory of God delivers you from the power of darkness. If we talk also talk about the glory of God, the glory of God is In another way, in another form, the scripture also describes it as the glory of God that raised Jesus from the dead. It was the glory of God that raised Jesus from the dead. So, if you look at it like that, you also understand that the glory of God is the Spirit of God. Amen. So, the glory of God is the Spirit of God um, that brought us from death to life, that brought us from darkness to light. The Spirit of God does not just bring us from darkness to light, Actually, the Spirit of God makes us what? Light. Amen? So, we are not just brought from darkness to light. We are actually made light. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness. For you were once darkness. Before you became Christians. Before you knew Christ. It says, for you were once darkness. This is powerful. If you catch this revelation, you will know who you are really in God. You will know that you are not just a nobody; that you are somebody. You will know that God has placed so much in you; He has invested so much in you. He say, "There was one time that you were darkness, but now you are light." Did you hear that? You are light. Before you were darkness, now you are light in the Lord. He say, "Walk as children of light. Walk as children. Live as children of light." how do children of light live he said for this fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth and verse 11 says he said have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them if you are light, he says you will actually expose them even just your presence just your interaction just being around that darkness darkness runs away amen just being around unbelievers, if you live the life of a Christian, just being around unbelievers, they know. Amen? Some of them, if they see you come around, they, they stop what they are doing. I don't know if you have ever experienced that. Amen? They are talking garbage and talking rubbish. The moment you come in the room, the moment you come in there in that break room at your work, if you are living the life of a Christian, the moment you come in there, they will say, here he comes. They shut up. They change the subject. Because they know you unless you have not been shining as light unless you have put your light under the bushel if your light has not been shining they don't know the difference they don't they think that you are the same like them but if your light has been shining the moment your light comes in remember you are not just children of light you are actually light so when you come in the light shines and they are exposed and they shut up amen So, it's a walk as children of light. It's powerful. It's really very powerful to know that we are not just children of light. We are light. We are not just created for his glory. We are his glory. Amen. We are not just created for his glory. We are his glory. We are light. When Jesus was in the world, he said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now that he is no longer in the world, who is the light? We are the light of the world. Why? Because it lives on the inside of us. So we are the light of the world. It means that it's dark. This world is darkness. Oh, may the Lord give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Hallelujah. But we are with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now, on um, the face, many a face, a heart that is not covered up, a face that is open. You don't have uh, a sheet over your face. You don't have um, a blanket over your face. You don't have um, something covering your face. I mean, it would actually be very stupid to for you to stand in front of a mirror with your face covered. You want to see your face in the mirror, but you cover your face. I mean, that would not not make sense at all. So that's why this place says, we are with unveiled face. Unveiled face. That's to be with unveiled face. That we can behold in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. Your face has to be unveiled, to see yourself in the mirror. If your face is not unveiled, you're not going to see yourself in the mirror. Amen? And what is the mirror? What is the mirror? The word of God is the mirror. The glory of God is the mirror the scripture is the mirror? So we all with unveiled face, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and have been transformed into the same image. So the glory of God continue to transform us, but our face has to remain unveiled. Our face has to remain unveiled because many times also. As Christians, we come before the Lord like the children of Israel came before the Lord uh, with their face covered. We come before the Lord with our face covered. Meaning, there is something we don't want to discuss with him. There are things in our life that we we want to leave God out of it. Mm. Say, God, don't touch this. This is mine. Many times we do that. And when we do that, we... Cannot be changed. We will not be changed from one level of glory to another. Because God wants to touch every area of our lives. Now, I want us to jump to chapter four, Second Corinthians 4. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry. What is this ministry? The ministry of glory. The excellent glory. The ministry of, that transforms you from glory to glory. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. We have renounced the hidden things of shame. Do you still have some hidden things of shame? Hidden things of shame meaning, do you still have some things in your life that you are covering up? But Paul is saying, if you are really a Christian, if you have your face unveiled, It means you have renounced the hidden things of shame. You should not have things in your life that you are hiding. You may hide them from people, but you cannot hide them from the Lord. You say not walking in craftiness. Are you still walking in craftiness? Not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending yourself to every man's conscience in the sight of God. If the veil of unbelief Is already broken in your life, meaning you're already a Christian. You see, Paul is saying here, we voluntarily, we voluntarily remove from our face veils of secrecy. We voluntarily, since the veil of unbelief has been broken in our life and we now know God. We voluntarily remove from our face veils of secrecy, veils of dishonesty, veils of insincerity, and the list goes on. Amen. We are honest with the Lord. We don't hide anything from the Lord because we know that he knows. So we are honest with him. We are even transparent before him because we know that he knows. So we better tell him. And Paul goes on to say that by manifestation of the truth. We commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That is what we need to do. Manifesting the truth. Manifesting the word of God. The word of God becomes palpable. Becomes tangible in our life, through our lives. So that others can see God. And in verse 3 it says, but even if our gospel is veiled. If our life is veiled. If people cannot see God in our lives. It says... It is veiled to those who are perishing. If you can't see God in my life, means you are perishing. That's what Paul is saying. If people can't see God in your life, there is something wrong. Amen? It's either they are perishing or you are not showing the light. Amen? So your gospel, your life must not be veiled. So may the light of God shine into our hearts over and over again in the name of Jesus. Amen? So, basically, we have answered questions one and two. The first one being, what is the first level of glory? Which is the level of salvation. Being born again, that is the first level of glory. And the second question, how does the glory of God place us in the very first level of glory? How does the glory of God place us in the first level of glory? By shining, beaming into our heart? The glory of God beams into our heart. The glory of God shines the light into our heart. So we see our sins. We see the holiness of God. We see our own sinfulness. And we repent before the Lord. That's how we come to the first level of glory. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. God has spoken to us again. What have you heard? What have you seen? God has shined into your heart again. The glory of God is transformative. The glory of God is light. The glory of God changes us and changes the people, affect the people, positively affect the people around us. We must be open before the Lord. Are you in the first level of glory, which is the level of salvation? Have you entered into glory? Have you entered into glory? It's not only those who die as Christians or who pass on as Christians that enter into glory. Anyone who is born again has entered into glory. Have you entered into glory? Have you entered in the first level of glory? Are you born again? Are you born again? Do you know the Lord? Have you repented of your sins? Are you light? Are you light? Has God changed you from darkness to light? Are you light? Have you been brought from death to life? Have you been taken out of hell to heaven? Because that is what it means to enter into glory To be on that first level of glory, that platform, that first platform of glory. Have you experienced the glory of God? Have you seen God? Have you heard God? Have you touched God?